If you like Rogan and Rodney, be sure to check out Petros and Money. Hear them live weekdays at 3 on AM 570 LA Sports or podcast their show on the iHeartRadio app by searching Petros and Money. AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR, HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. That's right, and we uh, continue on. Rob Parker is in here stirring it up. He is uh, the other half of the odd. He's really the odd of the odd couple. Is that me? Yeah, are that, you Rodney? You are the, yeah, you are the odd of the odd couple. Rodney, you, you met me Arnold. since the 90s, man. You've known me for a long time. And, you used to hate me back and, in Detroit, and that's but that's all right. That's why I can say you are the odd of that's the right. odd couple. Um, all right, we continue on more NBA. And joining us right now, Rob Parker, you know he's here. He is here. He you is know the what? Salty one he is Adam Oslin, and he is brought to you by Honey, the money-saving browser extension. Boom! There Very nice. How and you, you like know that, what, Fred? Adam, <laughs> Adam uh, Planters is on line one since they call you the salty one, right? Is that oh, it? the salty a. Yeah, there's a little right. bit of that going on. What's up, All Rob right. Parker? <laughs> I'm doing good. Hey, I, Rodney. Full disclosure. Yes. Tell when him. I want when I want the nitty gritty and I want the the numbers and and I and I want some insight on the Clippers. There's only one guy to talk to. There's only one. Adam, am I right? Did I reach out to you? We may have had a powwow Sunday yes. night. I need to know what's going on with the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> it's too was, soon uh, now. That's right. <laughs> All right, so Adam, uh, break Gonna it down, Chris man. Make Chris Broussard wear it. <laughs> what, you already know it today. What, I can't wait. What is going on? We talked about this in the first hour, Adam. The Clippers, you know, down 0-2, having to go to Dallas, didn't look well, didn't look good in the first two games. Uh, Luka was having his way, which Luka does that with a lot of folks, but not only Luka, but everybody else was having their way. They were shooting their lights out. It was like Villanova versus Georgetown yep. back in the 80s. Um, but And then they're down. They're down early in that game three where you're like, okay, here we go again. 19. But their resilience, their ability to come back, Paul George in that moment, kept them in it, brought them back. To me, and we said this, Rob, you remember, we said this, this could be either one of those games or one of these series where a game three like this could either be to the Clippers' demise or could be one of those games where they go, okay, we point back to that game three where this is the one that got us going to win a championship. And it feels like that was the one because they weathered the storm being down 0-2 on the road and came back and won. If they come back to become just the fifth team ever to start off a series down 0-2 with both of those games being at home right. and coming back to win a series like this, uh, I think it's going to be huge for them moving forward. Because long term, if they get out of this series, if they find that resilient nature that they had during the regular season and we saw it in Game 3 when they were down 19, things were dire, things looked bad, they were in the lion's den in Dallas yeah. in front of almost 20,000 people for the first time back in an environment like that. Right. And instead of folding 
down 19 against a team that has shot the three ball better than any team I've ever seen in a playoff series in the Dallas Mavericks. And that's factual, at least if you go back to the Golden State Warriors. Rob and I were talking about this the other night. I went through all 20 playoff series played by the Golden State Warriors during that five-year period from 2015 to 2019 where they won three championships. Mm -hmm. The best they ever shot in a playoff series was 41% from three. And through three games in this series, the Dallas Mavericks had shot 51%. So not only were they down 19, they were up against one of the hottest shooting teams we've ever seen that hit 23-pointers in Game 3, and the Clippers still found a way to win that game Friday night. And as you mentioned, it was Paul George, it was Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi started 8 for eight in that game. At the half, those two combined were 18 of 22. It was a crazy number. Kawhi had 18 at the half. Paul George had 22, and they combined to shoot 18 of 22 from the field. It was just wild numerology thing. Unheard of. And Adam, you you brought up Kawhi and his start. Eight for eight, and then in game four, six for six, and he's shooting 65% from the field. Just talk about Kawhi. There were a lot of people who were ready to pounce on him. He ain't the guy. He ain't that guy that everybody thought he was. When he came to the Clippers and he chose, he could have taken the easy route and joined LeBron and AD. The money was on the table. He'd be playing in the same building, right? Everything would be the same except the uniform. And he decided not to go that route. And people, you know, because of what happened last year and then the start this year, but he has shown up. And he's played as, I don't think he could play any better, can you? The only player right now playing as well as him so far in these playoffs is really Kevin Durant. When you look at the high volume and then also the shooting percentages. And I mentioned Dallas doing historic stuff. Kawhi Leonard is just the third player ever now for in three straight games scoring at least 29 points in those three straight games, but then also shooting at least 66% from the field. Unbelievable. He has shot 71% in games two, in games three, in games four. Started off eight for eight in game three, started off six for six in game four. And it's not just the shooting. It's not just the offense and the bounce he has had. Because if you think about it, back in 2019 with the Toronto Raptors, he was playing hurt through that playoff run. He was hobbled at times. times. Yeah, that dunk he had on Giannis and Denacumpo, it took everything just for him to get up. It looked like he was dragging one leg behind him. So you could make the argument, this is the healthiest he's been since Zaza Pachulia undercut him back when he was with the San Antonio Spurs. And he looks to be playing at that level because defensively, in the past couple games especially, especially when they started, or because they started Nicholas Batum in Game 4, which was a beautiful move by Ty Lue, it's been Kawhi Leonard in his post-defense. He's in there blocking shots. He's going for rebounds. He's leading them in the rebounding category. So he has been everywhere on the court, and Paul George has been fantastic too, getting 25 a game on 50% shooting, and he hasn't even gotten many threes to drop yet. If that starts to click in, that part of his game clicks in, look out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm impressed with the response from Paul George because we just talked about Kawhi, but I think the pressure is really on Paul George to, to be great and to be really good in this in these playoffs, and, and he has been in the last couple of games, or at least the last game. Do you think, Adam, that the the, the demeanor 
of Kawhi is exactly kind of what the Clippers needed because he's quiet, he goes about his business. There's no panic in Kawhi. He's up never too high, never too low. He just goes about his business. And it felt like his demeanor allowed the rest of the team to go, there's no panic. There's no panic. Let's just go do what we do, and eventually it's going to work out for us. Yeah, that French Montana, don't panic. I, yeah. I think there was some of that. I think it was also the demeanor of Coach Lou, who was mm. under fire, who yeah. was getting criticized by, by everyone on this yeah. station. Yeah. Rodney yeah. Pete yeah. owns it. Matt Money yeah. Smith's been going after him. Where are those adjustments right. we talked about when they brought him in? Well, we've seen them now. He has done really the opposite of what we saw last season in many ways. And I mm. love Doc Rivers. But when Coach Lou was coming out and saying, Look, their starting five is beating our starting five by 18 points. We got to make an adjustment here. They put in Reggie Jackson. Then he realizes, okay, Avita Zubats, when he's on the court with Luka Doncic, we're being outscored by 35 points. Takes out Avita Zubats, puts in Nicholas Batum. They win by 25 in game four. So he's made all the right moves. And when he said he wasn't concerned, he clarified that. He said, we need to have a sense of urgency we don't need to panic, but we right. need to have a sense of urgency. Which is a big difference. Yes. Yeah. And I think me, people misconstrued it at first mm-hmm. by saying you don't, you're not concerned. He and Paul George, does that mean you don't really care? Right. That's of, what it sounded of like. Of course like, oh. they do, though. Right. These yeah. guys are competitors. You can see it in their eyes post-game that they were upset losing those first two. Mm-hmm. But they also had the understanding of if Dallas, and we're going by the law of averages, cools off at all from the outside, we're going to win. And we could win big, and that's what happened in Game 4 when Dallas finally shot 5 of 30 from the outside, and the Clippers obviously looked like the better team, and they looked to be back in the driver's seat in this series with three games to play, and they got possibly two of them at Staples Center starting with Game 5 tomorrow night. So that calm, cool demeanor, it has been huge for this team, just staying even keel. And Kawhi Leonard has been criticized at times for not being passionate enough. Mm-hmm. This is who he's always been, and look who was his mentor, Tim Duncan. Right. right. That style of leadership obviously can work. Right, when you make shots and you play defense and do what you're supposed to. Uh, coming into this, um, the uh, you know, with Game 5 being at home and just what's on the line, I mean – the series changed so much. It looked like the Clippers couldn't win a game. And now, Adam, I'm not speaking out of turn or trying to predict anything, but it doesn't feel like like Dallas can beat them now. I don't, like That's how it feels to me. Do you see the series going seven? It depends on the health of Luka Doncic. I think whoever wins tomorrow night obviously is going to have the huge advantage. Game five is that pivotal swing game in a 2-2 series. But especially because, at worst, the Clippers would get game seven at home if they win tomorrow night. But Adrian Wojnarowski came out and said Luka Doncic is improving. That neck injury, he's feeling better. And he didn't look right at times in game four, and he was grimacing out there. And you could tell he was playing through pain. So... They obviously need a superhuman Herculean effort from Luka Doncic to win because Kristaps Porzingis is not playing well for right. the Dallas Mavericks. And if those other guys cool off and they look like they did in Game 4, they're in big trouble. Well, we saw Tim Hardaway fall off the map. I mean, he was uh, couldn't miss a shot in L.A. Yeah, he went from shooting 70% from the outside to, I yeah. think, 1 for 8 or whatever it was in Game 4. So a lot of that, I think, we talk about confidence and demeanor. 
they go as Luka Doncic goes. Because even though they lost that game three, they were still in it against the Clippers, obviously. They still hit 23-pointers, and Luka Doncic had 44 points. If he's not able to have that special performance where he's able to balance scoring and getting the others involved throughout the rest of this series, if he's not healthy enough to be able to do that, or if the Clippers are just so good defensively they take him out of his game, yeah, Dallas is in trouble. And you can feel that momentum shift. You could see it now. A lot of people are just assuming. I mean, Charles Barkley went from saying the Clippers were fool's gold after being down 0-2 to saying this series is over, tied at 2-2. Charles is not good when it comes to uh, pronosticating. Guaranteed. Am I right? I mean, that's... I don't know if there's anybody worse in picking games than Charles. Really? No, no, he's not. <laughs> Typically a kiss of death type thing. <laughs> yes. Then he'll, yeah, he'll laugh it off like, oh, I was just joking. Um, what about, and, and again, you know, Kawhi and Paul George have been phenomenal. We're, we're phenomenal in the last game, last two games. and But it's also supporting cast. You mentioned Batum, the addition of him, what he has meant to the team. And, and then now. And I think continuing on, we're going to see the influence of Rondo on this team as well. Rondo's been so good the last two games. If you saw how the Clippers were able to pull out that game in Game 3, even with the hot shooting from the Dallas Mavericks, he, and this is something they worked on all season long, even before Rajon Rondo was there, but they were doing this small, small pick-and-roll situation a lot mm-hmm. where you tried to get the mismatch for Kawhi Leonard on on Rajon Rondo's man. So Rondo would come over and set the screen. Kawhi would take advantage of the smaller defender on him. So they were killing Dallas with that down the stretch because even though Dallas hit 23-pointers in that game, the Clippers were just so efficient getting into the paint and attacking. They've been yeah. so relentless doing that and Rajon Rondo is a big part of making things easier for the superstars with him out there you saw it in game four he found Kawhi Leonard for the big run out for that dunk in the second half he just makes the game easy but especially when it turns into a half court game and you need to execute and at times throughout the first half of the season the Clippers struggled when the game slowed down the half court late in fourth quarters during crunch time. And Rajon Rondo has alleviated some of that burden on PG-13, on Kawhi Leonard, because he hits guys in their spots. You talk about a quarterback throwing guys open, throwing wide receivers open. Absolutely, You see that all the time with Rajon Rondo, who, by the way, still has that burst out there. And he was locking up Luka Doncic at times, even though he was giving up 100 pounds. He's willing to accept that challenge defensively to go at Luka. So when you have competitors like that and somebody who just came off winning a championship last season and obviously has that pedigree, it just makes this Clippers team that much stronger when they're dealing with adversity. 100%. And and you know, uh, sports, confidence has a big deal to do with it as well. And uh, as as they move forward, and I'm not jumping past this series. No. But if if they were to get past this, it's hard for me to think that any task in front of them would be as daunting as losing your first two games, you know what I mean, at home and had a chance of being embarrassed and swept and humiliated and to be able to come back from that, Adam. Do you, do you look at it that way? Like, like what task in front of them going forward could be as difficult as what, they, what they've so far 
come from? Yeah, the narrative could flip from them being down 0-2 and people talking about them blowing it up and the 2-1-3 connection, Kawhi and PG don't work and they're not making the adjustments, they shouldn't have got rid of Doc. Two, if they win this series, who's going to stop this team because they got all this momentum, they overcame that big hurdle, they're feeling great about themselves and maybe they're starting to develop some of that championship DNA where you have to go through a lot of adversity, a lot of hardships and throughout the regular season that's who they've been. They've been at their best when guys have been out, when they've been down and counted out. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Morris tweeted this out earlier. We like being the underdog. We just you like know what? it. And it works I, for I them. know a lot of people don't want to hear this, in the, especially in Los Angeles, because the Pistons beat the Lakers, sorry, Rodney, in 2004. <laughs> but Chauncey Billups always said about that Pistons team, if it ain't rough, it ain't right. And yeah. that's what they, you know what I mean? Like, it was always a struggle for right. that team as well, but they wound up getting the ultimate prize. So that's the only reason why I bring it up. That could be wind up being something for the Clippers. No, if they, it ain't rough, yeah. it ain't right. Sometimes you got to go through the bad, you know what, to get to the good, you know what. You know what I mean? They've so, thrived with, when their backs were against the wall yeah. this season. They won a game without five starters at one point. So... They like the adversity, but obviously you couldn't get down 0-3, and you saw that desperation from the Clippers to make it 2-1, now 2-2, huge game five tomorrow night back at Staples. Yeah, Dallas is in trouble. Speaking of this real quick before we let you go, Adam, um, how much trouble are Lakers in? I think they can lose tonight, and if they do, and Anthony Davis doesn't play, and it seems less and less likely that he would, just going off the rationale of he's been so beat up recently, he's still your future, you don't want to put him out there where he's compromised, and then he overcompensates and really has a career-altering type of injury because he's still coming back from what could have been something like that with the Achilles. Then you hyperextend the left knee, and now all of a sudden you have the groin strain. So there have been so much going on with his body right now, you have to be overly cautious. So my guess is he doesn't play tonight. And let's say the Lakers lose because of that. I think... He gives it a go in Game 6 with their back against the wall, and either way they can win that game back at Staples Center. And then we're talking about a Game 7, and Rob ain't going to like this, but nobody's been better with their back against the wall than LeBron James in must-win situations. You look at the numbers, he's not been unbelievable. Not in year 18, not on a team <laughs> with this roster. Not in year 17. about Tom Brady, that's what you say about all these Yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't know Tom Brady's defense was going to keep oh. Patrick Mahomes to no points, Adam. No yeah. points? Yeah. Could you bet that in Vegas? You know How many people would have lost that I'm Patrick with, Mahomes yeah. would have no points in the know, Super Bowl? I didn't know. I Rob, didn't know. you know I'm with you when it comes to assist Tom out there. You know I'm with you on that one. (laughs) He's the 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 luckiest of all time. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Adam. Thanks for joining us, man. Adam Austin, he is the host of Clippers Countdown, brought to you by Honey, the money-saving browser extension. Love you. And don't forget the Clippers host the Mavericks in Game 5 tomorrow night on AM 1150. Pre-game with Adam Oslin begins at 6 p.m. with the tip-off scheduled for just after 7 p.m. All right, next up, I do want to get into this, Rob Parkinson. I know this is in your wheelhouse with Naomi Osaka, who withdrew from the French Open, um, citing her mental issues, dealing with depression, all of those type of things. Um... Let's have a very candid conversation about that, Rob Parker, on the other side. Rob Parker in for Fred Rogan, AM570 LA Sports. Sports.
I love it. Roddy Pete, Rob Parker in for Fred Rogan. On a Tuesday, a beautiful Tuesday that is. Um, all right, Rob Parker, over the weekend, Naomi Osaka withdrew from the French Open um, just days after she announced that she would not speak to the press during the tournament. She decided that she was going through um, some mental health issues, struggles with depression. Uh, she got there. She was fined $15,000, and then finally she just said she didn't want to be a res- distraction anymore and withdrew from the tur- tournament. She was threatened disqualification along the way, amongst other things. She, uh, the other tournaments coming up also said that she would be fined. Um, let's get started with this, Rob, because you talked about this. You wrote an article about it. I, w- I want to hear your your take on on her role of the media and and her decision not to not to speak to the media uh, during the French Open. Rodney, if this is really a mental health issue, and I don't know, and I'm not saying poo-pooing it or saying it's not true, because I'm not her doctor, I don't know, I haven't treated her, I don't know any of that. I'm going to take her as at her word. Then maybe my point with my column on deadspin.com was that she should have stayed home. She shouldn't have gone to the French Open if she can't deal with what's going on, which is a part of the obligation. Rodney, you did it for 15, 16 years in the NFL. Rodney, part of your job is what? You got to deal with the media, whether you like it or not. Okay? It comes with the the deal. And I think it's a bad, and I think tennis did the right thing in that it has to protect what it is that it's doing. When she doesn't talk to the media, a lot of athletes get it twisted. They think they're hurting us. We don't, you know, I don't want to deal with those guys. They, they always are negative. They're this, they're that. But we're just a conduit for the fans. We're there because the fans can't ask you what happened in the third quarter, Rodney, or how great did it feel when you threw that touchdown to win the game, Right. The fans want to hear from Rodney Pete. We get paid whether we talk to Rodney Pete or not. We can write our story whether Rodney Pete talks or not. But you represent a business and a company and a team that wants to connect with fans. That's what they don't want to give up. Because if I'm a news gathering organization and I sent my columnist all the way to Paris to cover uh, the French Open, and he can't talk to or she can't talk to the best tennis player or the second best te- tennis player in the world. I'm not sending a reporter, Rodney. I'm not covering the French Open anymore. Do you understand? Like, I'm. we're going to lose that coverage or whatever. The New York Times isn't covering us anymore. That's what they don't want to lose, and I think that's what athletes don't understand. And if she says that there are certain things that bother her or questions or whatever, you have a right to say, I, I don't feel comfortable answering that or next question, I, or I don't want to answer that or no comment on that, and we can move on to the next thing. All she has to do is get up there for five or ten minutes, answer some questions, and, and it's all over. So, I know, uh, well, here, here's the thing. 
And I, I get it. Look, I played a long time, played in L.A. in college and played in the NFL for 16 years. I understand it's the obligation uh, to, to, to speak to the media. Um, but for you to, to say, oh, we're just a conduit to the fans, yes, for the most part, most reporters are. Most of them are. But there are also a number of them that are looking for clickbait, that are looking to push buttons, that are looking for something to go viral. Those are also in the room. And I do not want to take mental health and and mental illness lightly because it has been a stigma on it for such a long time. As an athlete, you're not allowed to be mentally depressed or have you know uh, any kind of depression or because you're labeled as weak toughen up is what you're told you know you can't be mentally uh, have anything going on with you because you're an athlete you're supposed to perform at all types of situations and being able to handle that so for her to make that decision maybe she didn't go about it the right way or maybe she should have stayed home like you said and not a, if that was her plan not to speak to the media Maybe she should have done it that way. But to suggest that that, it's a sit up there for five, all you got to do is sit up there for five minutes. Everybody's different, Rob. No, I, Everybody's I agree different. with that. No, and no, everybody no, has I, so, agree. Everybody I agree. Everybody doesn't feel this way. I can tell you this, that you put so much into your sport as an athlete, so much goes into preparing, playing, the exhaustion, and not just not just physically, but mentally as well. And... After games, whether it be wins or losses or even tough games, however you want to put it, I I had to take time to get mentally prepared for the post-game press conference. I, it was a legitimate thing that I was like, okay, i got to get my mind right for this. And there was a certain level of anxiety going into it. I don't, disagree. I don't, I don't doubt that for one minute. And so I for don't someone doubt that's dealing with something, that's teetering on anxiety issues, depression issues, or whatever, rather than I don't want to feel that way or going to or have an anxiety attack, I'm just going to eliminate that. I do not want to put myself, my mental health, into that situation. I can can relate to that because especially in in times like we knew each other in Detroit and I played in different cities, but Philadelphia – that was oh, a no, whole different tough. animal. I, 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 the it's Philadelphia a whole different press, animal. Philadelphia, Boston, and New York are probably the yeah. toughest cities to play in. There's no doubt yeah. about it, Rodney. And I used, I did. I used to go, okay. And thank God I did not start my career in Philadelphia. I had played a few <laughs> years, so I kind of got the game down and knew what right. was going on. But but going into those press guys, you could win. We could win by by 21 points, and the headline would read, Rodney Pete overcomes a horrible first quarter and <laughs> throws two interceptions, and it'll be a whole sentence before it's and they come back to win in the fourth quarter. Right. Down, you know, so you had to deal with that. And, and again, it's it's difficult. I understand the obligations, and I understand that. But I also, I I feel more on the side of look. I am in a fragile state right now. I'm just letting you know. I do not feel comfortable doing it. She didn't say she would never talk to the press again. She says, right now, I'm not going to do this for this French Open. And I get it. Do you want her to go there and and, and be Marshawn Lynch and say, I'm only here 
So I don't get fined and, no, and, and I, do a press conference like that? No, but but the other part is once you open this can of worms, you're going to have a problem. And, Rodney, here's the issue. Every player in the NBA could say, I'm having a mental issue. I, I don't want to talk today. I don't want to talk tomorrow. I don't want to talk at game seven of the NBA and finals. guys do that, and guys okay? get fined for that. Guys okay, that. But, but, but that's why I think the other you know, major uh, – Grand Slam events jumped in on this because they have to be careful to make sure if someone needs help, I'm not here saying, I don't believe her, it's a ruse, uh, you know, shake it off, Naomi, be tough. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. And, and my point all along but, was but maybe she... But you do she, understand that there are people out there that do say that. No, I'm and not. People, that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not people, in that camp. I'm not in that camp. I'm like, I, I know, said... But Rob, she her should, point she is should, that, that you're... You're in a camp, but there are also a significant amount of people that are in a camp of, oh, she's just using this as an excuse. Oh, she's being she's being soft, or she's and they will write that. No, uh, well, I I get the, it. The guy, what's the guy? The British uh, Piers Morgan went on a diatribe about about her being weak and uses this as an excuse and trying now, to get see, attention. For you her. can't you can't do that if unless you're you're her doctor and you you've examined her and you know what her state is. I I could never write that, Rodney. Because I don't know. And I think anybody who would write about it's just like I've always been against writers who, who criticize. One I always remember working in New York, they 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 ripped Daryl Strawberry to pieces, right? He said he had a back injury during the playoffs one year, right? Yep. And and they were acting like, oh, he just doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to be here anymore, and they wrote all the stuff about him. Guess who had back surgery after the season? Daryl Strawberry. Right. You can't write about somebody's injury or somebody's pain unless you're experiencing that. So, Rodney, anybody who does that, they're wrong. But all I'm saying is there is an obligation that when you sign on the dotted line of things that have to be along with the job. And if you can't do those things, then maybe you should step back what is wrong with stepping back from playing tennis until you can improve on those things? That's all I'm saying. Is there anything wrong to suggest that? That she should take a step back? No, Maybe no. she and should have stayed home and she's this time because well, we she's not there. In, we can say that in hindsight, but I also say that the French Open could have handled it better too. And maybe they could have said, okay, let's, let's see what we can work out. Maybe it's not a press conference after every match. Maybe it's Maybe we do it digitally. Maybe we, you know, we give, you know, 10, 15 questions to you that you can do in the comfort of your hotel room or somewhere else that you don't have to go in front of the, of the entire media of, of 20 to 50 people in a room. You can do it in the quiet comfort of your dressing room after the match. Maybe there's something that, but, but just not to say, because it feels like, and I don't know the inside is out again, because they made a statement and, and, and she's made a statement, but it feels like knowing this girl, this is a 23-year-old girl, okay, who, by the way, not too long ago, was booed for winning the U.S. Open when she faced Serena because so many people were on Serena's side when she was going at the official and the whole deal. Here's a girl who was crying after she had just won the U.S. Open. And remember, she's 23, so for the French Open not to say we will do anything we can to make you feel comfortable, feel better, 
but instead we're going to find you. We're going to find you. We're going to find you. And so to me that was maybe, maybe because to that. but 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 and the then way she said, w- and maybe nope. she should have said I didn't I'm not going to show up in the beginning, but she did say I don't want to be a distraction anymore, so I'm going home. No, nope. but maybe they could have handled it better. Too. But but maybe she should have gone to them rather than social media to say I'm not talking to the media. See, that's where it came How do you off. Know she I didn't. I, I it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't sound like it. it because she even said that she could have handled it differently. She did say that, right? Because but I their think, side saying they could have handled it differently. I, but but I'm I, I I'm not saying that they didn't. But I think that they didn't know other than her saying I'm not talking to the media. Like like that. That's how it came off. Instead of a, a, the, her condition or where she was in, she could just say, "I'm in a I'm in a place here where I'm having some mental things going on." And maybe if she didn't even mention yet, Rodney, that I'm not talking to the media, like just talk about her mental health and that she's not in a good or comfortable place and she's feeling vulnerable going into the French Open. Then I think there could have been a, where where the people at the French Open could have said, hey, what's going on with you? Are you okay? What, what's, what, what do we need to do to make you feel comfortable? But her push was, I'm not talking to the media. And, that, and, and I think that's what turned some people off and got lost in the message of the mental health. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. And she said that, and like you point, she, she did mention you know, that she probably could have handled it differently. But again, I go back to the point that she's 23 years old. She's 23 years old. And instead of saying, I, and I'm saying there's, everything's not just black and white. Oh, no, we're going to find you. Maybe she could have handled it differently. But they could have said, okay, let's just come here. We'll take care of you. We'll protect you. But maybe you can give a statement after every match. You don't have to go to a press conference. But it felt like it was a hard line stance with the French Open saying, you don't show up to the press conference afterwards, then we're going to Find you no matter what, instead of saying, let's work with you. Yeah, we could go on and on about that because that's a serious topic. I think that doesn't. Nah, you handled it well, Rodney. I mean, could you give a different perspective? And you know me, I've been a journalist for 35 years. It's perfect. It's perfect because you come from that side, I come from my perspective, you come from your perspective. And I'm on your side now. I'm on the media side now. Right. So so I. Now you're the one harassing (laughs) the athletes. Now you are. I I am. I am. You're speaking of athletes. Um, the sport of boxing. I, I just want to talk to you real quick about that, Rob. About the whole fiasco of the Paul brothers fighting and who they're fighting and all those things. Is it good for the sport of boxing? Is it bad for anybody? And what do you make of it? Rob Parker in for Fred Rogan. AM570 LA Sports. AM570 KLAC. 98.7 KYSR HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM570 LA Sports. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Just wait. Oh, yeah. And we keep it going. Rodney Pete, Rob Parker. And for Fred. Hey. Rob, so it was just announced that uh, Jake Paul, you know, of the Jake Paul, Logan Paul brother combination, YouTube guys. Yes. Jake Paul is set to fight former UFC champion Tyrone Woodley in a boxing match coming up soon. Now, his brother, Logan, is fighting Floyd Mayweather uh, this weekend on June 5th. And and these 
pay-per-views do huge numbers. I mean, the, the the one with Nate Robinson did numbers. The one when he he fought the other uh, UFC guy did numbers. Floyd Mayweather and him will do numbers, and and I'm sure the Tyron Woodley one will do numbers. Why? First of all, why why is Floyd taking this fight? With Logan Paul, what, I mean, it's just it's a money, money it's a, money, it's a grab. money grab. It's just easy money, Rodney. It's easy money, and um, this is the this is like I know Showtime's getting involved in these other yeah. boxing networks or whatever. They're going to destroy boxing, right? Because nobody will. Why would I get in the ring and fight a real competitor, somebody who could beat me, Rodney, when I can beat? I can fight a YouTuber, a guy who doesn't even deserve to be in the ring with me, and make uh, $50 million fighting nobody. I would rather do that, and that's what people are going to do. There will be no more boxing. That's why Floyd's going to do it. That's why all these guys, if you can get somebody and get people who are bored out of their minds and just, just decide – well, I'll give up twenty nine ninety nine or fifty nine or ninety nine dollars or whatever, and they just want to watch it for the goof of it all. You know, that's what people do now, and it's a it's a big money maker. I think it's a mistake, but I don't, I don't think boxing will ever be the same because the money's yeah, too big. Saying, it can't recover because because boxing, other than you know the Deontay Wilder and and Tyson Fury match, I, I think will will we'll draw some big numbers maybe. Canelo Alvarez is another guy, but outside right. of those, who can draw or get big numbers? Like you said, if if you're a boxer, even if you're a middle of the road guy or guy that said you know past his prime, you know you pick out one of the YouTubers and you go box him, you could probably make more in that fight than you'd made in your probably whole entire boxing career. Right. This is what I'm saying. Over over a goof to fight somebody. Who shouldn't even be in the ring, Rodney? Like the respect for the game, for Floyd Mayweather to get in the ring with a guy like that is just—he doesn't care. How much? I'm gonna make how much for 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 uh, exhibition? What does this do for Floyd's legacy? That fact that he's first of all he's gonna beat him, and and then it's a matter of how long does he carry him, right? Not, I mean, yeah, to Conor I, I McGregor mean, to a certain extent, because at least Conor McGregor can fight. He wasn't necessarily a full time boxer, but he could he could box, he could fight. So it was you know it was yeah. Kinda, but even even show. that they everybody knew that rounds. Conor McGregor yeah. couldn't beat him. Yeah, I mean. he carried him for eight rounds and then it was over. Does he carry Logan Paul, meaning Floyd? Does he carry Logan Paul for a number of rounds, or does he make quick work to say this is why you should not mess around with real professional boxers? Which I think the legitimate crowd of boxing folks are hoping that he makes quick work of him. And go, don't 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 get it mistaken that you can fight somebody that's trained and done this for a living. Yeah, but the only problem is people love train wrecks, Rodney. That's why. That's why they're willing to watch it. They would love to see, uh, you know, one of the YouTubers get their not block knocked off. Or or they would love for him to land a lucky punch. On Floyd. And on Floyd. Are you kidding? Yeah. Right? Can you imagine if Floyd lost to that guy, got knocked out? Right? That 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 would be worth the price. That's what they want to see, or see the kid get, you know, mollywopped and knocked out of the ring. <laughs> yeah, which most people want to see. I think. No, yeah, oh yeah, most people want to see I, that. I Rob, refuse Rob, to give the, any money. Who's the athlete that you rubbed the wrong way the most the most in your career? 
<laughs> we don't have enough time, <laughs> Rodney. We get you in the ring with that guy. Oh my money God! Pay per view event for for one of the guys that you just you just rubbed the wrong way. Well, you know stand. one of them because it was Wayne Fonts, your old coach. You remember Wayne hated me. <laughs> you and Wayne get in the ring. We used to get it. We used to do it all the time. I'll take Wayne. You'll first take thing, Wayne. first thing I'll do is I'll kick his cane from underneath him, and then I'll jump on him. No. <laughs> is that what we're going to see next? You know, matchups with athletes and their oh, favorite, are you kidding? favorite uh, reporter. You know, how many, you know how many guys want to get in the ring with Stephen A? Oh, are you, yeah. Do you know how much Stephen would that a do? Stephen A make a lot of money. How much money would, would it pay-per-view if it was Kwame Brown and Stephen A right now? <laughs> Tell me Stephen A and oh, yeah. wouldn't walk away with $25 million at least, each. At least. They would, Rodney, $25 at million. At least. Is that where we're going? We could. Oh, that's a shame. You know who I fought? Who? Terry Foster in Detroit. It was a columnist at the Detroit News. We fought a three-round bout at the charity, Palace. In a charity match or something? In a charity match and for in front of 16,000 people. Did you win? I got robbed in Detroit on the decision. <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! The next virtual Petros and Money Chevy Summer Tour is this Thursday. June 3rd, starting at 3. Watch it on your YouTube, Facebook. Enter now for your chance to win a Chevy Silverado at AM570 LA Sports slash Chevy. Brought to you by Chevy Silverado, the number one selling full-size pickup in California. All right, on the other side, we're going to get you caught up on what's happening around sports. Also, a little spirituality. Rob Parker, Rodney Pete, AM570 LA Sports.